Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome to another UMMC podcast. Today, I've got Paul Redman and Christian Yu live with me in studio. Well, actually, just in my house. We actually made a video of all the fellowship we had, and I'll have to put that on our Facebook page. But I picked a few of the highlights to put in our podcast today. In Luke 17, 32, the Lord said something quite striking. He said three simple words, remember Lot's wife. Why did the Lord say that? What is so important about Lot's wife that our Lord Jesus emphasized these three words? And how do those three words apply to us right now? Today, we strive to dig in the scriptures to answer that question. To do that, we actually have to go back to the Old Testament. So we will be getting into Genesis 19, and then we will circle back to Luke 17. Before we read these verses, though, I want to give a little summary concerning Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew that came along for the journey. He and Abraham both had a lot of cattle and material things, to the point that their herdsmen were fighting because the land could not support both of them. Abraham offered Lot the chance to choose where he wanted to go first, and then Abraham would go the opposite way. Lot saw the land near the Jordan was nice, so he moved his tent in that direction toward Sodom. However, in chapter 13, verse 13, it says, Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord, to the point that God was going to destroy Sodom. But as we saw in the last two podcasts, Abraham interceded on Lot's behalf. Therefore, a rescue mission was needed. And now, here we are in today's reading. As always, I strongly recommend everyone read these chapters in Genesis. I'll be reading Genesis chapter 19, 15 through 17, and then 24 through 26. Verse 15. With the coming of the dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters, and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains, or you will be swept away. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah, from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities, and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, Paul, the Bible doesn't say much about Lot's wife at all. We don't even know her name. But we can learn about her by looking at her husband, Lot. And by seeing what Lot experienced, we can get a feel for what his family also experienced. Now, I didn't read all the details in Genesis 19, but let's just say it was utterly evil. How did Lot, whom the Bible referred to as righteous, end up in such a dark and evil situation. You opened up a little bit there at the intro. 
he kind of drifted into that situation over time. He was the righteous person that Abraham was talking about when he was wheeling and dealing with God. If you look at Second Peter, I believe, chapter 2, he calls him the righteous Lot. And so specifically using that word righteous. So Lot was considered, in God's eyes, he was very close to Abraham. And so because of Abraham's faith, Lot was considered righteous. But over time, he drifted into a situation that was counter to God's righteousness, that was counter to what God was doing on the earth at that time, to to the point that God was ready to wipe that whole situation out, but not without saving Lot. You could tell even that Lot himself became influenced by that situation. There was some hesitancy, ultimately, even in Lot, not just his wife, even Lot himself had been influenced so much by that way of life. You know, you, you imagine he moved there, he's got his ranch, his farm, his cattle, his way of living, his family. I'm sure they had some friends. Basically kind of put down roots and had established their life in that situation. And so it, he drifted into living in that environment. I like how you use that word drifted. I once heard a message that said that when we follow God, We have to be active. We can't be passive. The Bible uses words like pursue, stretch forth. These are words that show intent and effort. If we are passive with God, if we are just floating along, then the tide of this world will cause us to drift farther and farther away from God and his plan. Christian, it looks like you want to say something. I'm reminded of a point about Lot. He had drifted into this kind of situation. And what preserved Abraham versus Lot's situation? We've talked before previously about God appearing to Abraham, but God never appeared to Lot. Lot never had that kind of personal realization before they split up. He was always following what Abraham had sought, kind of like indirectly following God. So I think that's a warning to us for each of us to have our own kind of personal seeing. We're not just following what other people are saying or what they've seen, but like we ourselves, we need to have that kind of aspiration to to, to see something. Christian, that is such a good point. We have seen from the first podcast that there are these people that issue from the line of the tree of life. And the common theme is that these ones are dependent on God by having a very personal, real, continual relationship with God. Enoch walked with God. Enosh called on God. Noah got a vision from God, and Abraham had God appear to him over and over again. None of them had what I call a second-hand experience of God. Looking back, I have to testify, and I think many can relate, that I was in Lot's shoes when I was a young Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. Both my parents loved God. I went to church every Sunday. I did Bible studies, but I did it because I was just following along with my parents. It's just what my family did, and I'm grateful for that. It preserved me, but it's not enough. If that's all I had, then it's too easy to be pulled into the world. It's too easy to be influenced by the world. I needed to have a very real, personal, daily experience of God. I needed to learn to personally depend on God for everything. What a warning for us. Christian, let's go on now to Luke 17 and see what the Lord is saying specifically concerning Lot's wife. Do you have verses 28 through 33? Likewise, even as it happened in the days of Lot, they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, 
They were planting, they were building. But on the day in which Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be in the same way on the day in which the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who will be on the housetop and his goods in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And he who is in the field, likewise, let him not turn back to the things behind. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his soul life will lose it, and whoever loses it will preserve it alive. So here we go, Paul. The Lord is talking about his second appearing. And then this verse appears, remember Lot's wife. Why did the Lord bring Lot's wife into this? It's almost like if you were listening to the Lord at that point, you would kind of would have been taken aback. Why are you bringing up Lot? And actually, he brings up Lot's wife in particular, not just Lot, but really his wife. And the, the only mention of his wife is that she looked back as the city was being destroyed. And the Lord here is using that moment to emphasize his return and our behavior, if you will, at his coming. And if the problem with Lot was that he became so ingrained with this sinful way of life, despite his relationship to Abraham, despite his being called righteous, if, he, if his life and his household became so influenced by that sinful city and the sinful living that they would still, as it's being destroyed, look back longingly, almost like, oh, everything is gone. Everything we had, everything we lived for is gone and not appreciating that you just got saved from that situation, then you're cursed. And the Lord is now tying that in with his return and saying that, where will your heart be when I come back? Where will your attention be? Where will your heart be, your desires? What are you living for when I come back? Are you going to be living for your stuff in the house? Are you going to be living for your job? Are you going to be living for your family? Are you going to be living for your belongings? What is consuming your heart at that stage? What are you going to look back at when I come back? Are you going to look back at those things or are you going to look at me? Are you going to have your eyes and your heart turn to me? In Matthew chapter 6, he talks about storing up treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on the earth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this is sort of a similar scenario. Where is your heart? Is your heart here on the earth with all those things? Are you going to look back at that? Or is your heart for me? Well, if you've had a personal relationship with the Lord during your life that has grown, that has progressed, that has become your life, become what you live for, if the Lord is what you live for, then when he returns, none of that's going to matter. It's not like suddenly you live one way your entire life and the Lord comes back, boom, you forget about all that. Otherwise, the Lord wouldn't have said, you're going to be like Lot's wife if you're not careful. He wouldn't have brought this out if that was the case. I think this is totally a matter of our heart. It's very present. It's very practical. Talking about the Lord's coming, when the Son of Man is revealed, that's kind of like a test where your heart's been. And that's a reflection of how you've been living the whole time. So, like, you know, what is the condition of our heart today? Wow, I really want to develop these two points that you guys brought out. Number one, the problem is our heart. I've heard some sermons use the story as a don't look back at your past failures, just look forward to the future. Or this is a problem with obedience. But that is not what the Lord is talking about here. 
He is talking about what does your heart love? What does your heart serve? Man cannot serve two masters. Do we love God and serve God first? Or do we love ourselves and our possessions first? Again, we have to be honest before the Lord. Lord, shine on me and show me who do I serve? Which brings me to the second point, which is what you brought out, Christian. Where has your heart been? Yes, the Lord's second appearing is in the future, but preparation for the future starts now. If we love the world and serve ourselves our entire life, if we are passive in our relationship with the Lord and just drift around, when the Lord appears, there is no way we will change our heart then. There is no way we wouldn't look back. This is one of the main points of the phrase, remember Lot's wife. Now, brothers, I actually was just thinking in the present tense concerning Lot's wife, and I just want to submit this point. Lot's wife was saved out of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? She wasn't burned up there with fire and brimstone. However, she also didn't make it to the end destination. It's like she was stuck in spiritual limbo. She's saved from eternal perdition, but she isn't living the proper, normal, overcoming Christian life. She's no longer useful to the world, but she's also not useful to God. I guess another way to put it in today's term is she's become a lukewarm Christian. I like that we pointed out that this is beyond being saved from going to hell. There's a present salvation. And I'm reminded of this verse, Galatians 1.4, who gave himself for our sins that he might rescue us out of the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Our salvation is... It's more than being saved from going to hell. It's, it's being saved from having our hearts stuck to the stuff that we're doing. And the Lord is saving us out of these usurpations. All these things that just consume us. I would say to live proper God-ordained ways of living lives. And ultimately, this is related to living in God's kingdom. Paul and Christian, I'm so grateful for you guys joining the podcast today. You know, lately I've been in a Christian conference and I've also had some fellowship with these two missionaries going to Africa. And I just have to testify that God is calling out to us. I feel like he's crying out, wake up, come to me that you may have life. Even today, right now, keep your eyes on me. The same Jesus that said John 3.16, which we all love, is the same one that is warning us by saying, Remember Lot's wife. Don't be passive in your pursuit of me. Please don't be lukewarm. It's not enough to just do your religious duty and tithe every week and go to church every Sunday and think that everything is all good. Because if that's all we do, we will drift like Lot did. We will turn back like Lot's wife did. Be active in your pursuit of me. Pursue me together with others. I am coming back soon. My spirit is so stirred up right now. If you don't mind, I just want to pray for you all. Father, in these last days, cause many hearts to turn to you, to burn for you. Burn away all the things that are not of you so that we can be those that love you, that pursue you together with all those who call on you out of a pure heart. Father, supply us with your presence this week. May we be a testimony to all those around us that we are ones that love God and follow Him actively. In your precious Son's name, amen. 
May God bless you all this week. And if you want to hear the full 30-minute unedited fellowship, I'll post it on our Facebook page at Christians at UMMC. Have a blessed week. Redeem the time, it must not slip away. Lord, make us ready for the cry. Behold Him by using every moment of each day. When Jesus comes, will we go in to me? to redeem these golden moments our vessels fill with ointment from above help us amen each trial and tribulation increase in us make us abound in
comes to his feast.